This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bucknutters, welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, July twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. I am Dave Biddle, very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax looks like yet another good day is in store for the Buckeyes today. Court Williams, the outstanding outside linebacker, might be a perfect fit for the bullet position. Uh, he's a young man out of Bellflower, California. He will announce his attentions later today. Everybody expects that he will, shouldn't say everybody, um, everybody that I trust, we'll put it that way, believes that he will be a Buckeye. He would give the Buckeyes 22 commitments. Um, looking at the class calculator, they would not jump Alabama for the number two class yet, but they would just completely put a stranglehold on that number three class if they're able to get Court Williams later today. Uh, and we've been talking. They need to get as many uh, defensive guys as they can to close out this class, and uh, it's going to be a good day for the Buckeyes, it looks like, Bax. Yeah, and yet another West Coast guy. I think this puts six people from Western time uh, that would be officially in this class, and there's only seven kids from Ohio, so it continues the national trend we're seeing, too. And uh, first of all, I should state that, on the record, I agree with you. I think Court Williams is going to be a Buckeye. I, I don't know if there's really a lot of suspense to this. We're just going to have to wait and see. Um, but uh, it's very interesting. Back to the point about the Pacific time zone kids. Uh, guess who the next kid up to commit that we're all keeping an eye on is? B. John Robinson, another Pacific time guy from Arizona. So, you know, Ohio State really has a full national reach right now uh, that they're putting together for this class, and it's it's impressive. I mean, let's be very blunt about it, too. Uh, with the ranking updates that we had this week, you're seeing Ohio State right now with all these top 100 kids, and that school up north has one, you know, just for example. it's It's unreal how far Ohio State is jumping ahead of everybody in the arms race right now. Ryan Day certainly has not remotely fallen off of the incredible recruiting pace that was set by Urban Meyer during his time here. And I think if you're an Ohio State fan, you've got to be absolutely ecstatic what you're seeing. Yeah, Bijan Robinson, as you mentioned, he's going to make his um, announcement early in August, and all signs point to Ohio State. I mean, literally 100% of the crystal ball picks for Ohio State, including um, – you know, there were a couple of insiders in particular. You know, uh, there's a, a man who covers Texas, does a great job. Can't think of his name off the top of my head, but uh, his uh, crystal balls are usually on point, and he switched his from Texas to Ohio State. That's always a great sign, as if we needed any more great signs when Bill Curlick and Bill Green agree on something and Steve Wiltfong. Uh, you know, when, when the Triple Crown agrees on something, that's all I need. But just for the icing on the cake, now the Texas insiders are in on it, too. And Bijan Robinson, you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, later today, don't look for Ohio State to jump. You know, they'll stay at number three. They'll just move up, you know, they'll have higher, more points. But you look at the class calculator, 
They had Court Williams later today as expected. Then they get Bijan Robinson. And let's say Clemson and Alabama hold still for the next couple of weeks. Ohio State would then have the number one class in the nation if they get Bijan Robinson. And in between then, they might get Jalen Knighton as well, the all-purpose back from, uh, you know, from Florida. So, I mean... This is just let's let's focus on Bijan Robinson. I mean, it's going to be to say backs it's going to be a shock if he's not a Buckeye at this point is an understatement. And what a recruiting job uh, if that materializes to get the five star running back Bijan Robinson. Yeah, that's the other part about this is that Ohio State's starting to have a real stranglehold on uh, the top Arizona kids. It feels like with Miller and Ransom and then potentially Robinson. I mean, you know, it's crazy because. It kind of tells you the diaspora that we've had a little bit with Buckeye Nation and how this is one of the, truly the only universities in the country that can claim a nation. You know, if you're telling me there's, quote, Clemson Nation, what is it in three states, right? Ohio State has a national reach. And you'd have seven kids from Pacific Time and seven kids from Ohio. But Tom Robinson ended up adding in this class. And that's just – I don't know if that's, un, that's unprecedented. I don't know if Ohio State's ever done that before. But if you look at the offensive recruiting class for OSU this year, too, it's absolutely absurd, you know? Miller is a, a, a very, very talented quarterback. You've got a five-star tailback. You've got multiple five-star receivers in this class. You've got a five-star tackle. I mean, you've, you've got the number one center in the country who's in the borderline of five stars in Whipler. The offensive recruiting this year is absurd, would be an understatement to, to describe it. And I don't know if OSU finishes with the number one class. I, I, I don't think they are going to be able to you know, stay, eventually stay ahead of the Clemson juggernaut that's had its own exceptional year this year. But this is a recruiting class that I, I think everybody involved, it has exceeded our wildest expectations for mid-June of the Ryan Day era. I mean, he has not coached the game yet as the full-time head coach. And he's recruiting ahead of everybody except for Dabo and Nick Saban right now. And he may pass them in, uh, for a little bit here before the season gets close to starting. I don't know if anybody, even Ryan Day, would have predicted that level of success. And it really gives you a lot of confidence in the, the people on his staff to actually, you know, coach the players that we're getting now reasonably well. If they're recruiting at a level far higher than we we're expecting, maybe they're pretty confident coaches too. Yeah, and it puts them in a phenomenal spot, not just, you know, the ranking, but like they can now, they still have to recruit these kids. Don't get me wrong. Everybody who listens to this show knows that. And you know it, backs. I mean, there's just, you still have to recruit these kids who are verbal commitments. Everybody knows that. But, the point is, you can focus more of your attention on the season at hand, you know, when camp begins, when you've got these kids verbally committed, and you do your due diligence, and, and you make sure they stay committed, but my gosh, I mean, they're going to probably have, you know, if they're able to find a loophole, they're probably going to get 26 in this class, if they figure, you know, gray shirt, the kicker, maybe that's what they'll do, or maybe there's a loophole they'll find, but they're, they're going to be filled up, I mean, Court Williams will make 22, Bijan Robinson We'll make at least 23, maybe 24 if, uh, you know, Jalen Knighton commits to the Buckeyes. And right now it looks like Knighton next week, if, you know, if you look at the crystal ball uh, picks, Knighton's supposed to be a Buckeye. That'll give him 24 right there. And you're starting to look at maybe, they, obviously, they're going to hold a spot for Elias Ricks if he flips from LSU. Um, and then maybe Jacoby Cohen. That's 26 right there. And so the point is, they're kicking butt in recruiting, and they still have to recruit but they can really focus their attention on winning football games once the season begins. And not to mention, it's not just focusing on winning football games. They can get a really strong start focusing on 2021 and 2022. You know, that's, that's the thing. A lot of us didn't expect this first year to be so strong because half the staff didn't have pre-existing relationships with a lot of these recruits. You start recruiting these guys as juniors. You start recruiting them going into their senior year, right? And, and sometimes you recruit them as sophomores early on. And so, 
all of a sudden, OSU's 2021 class, which, by the way, already looks like a juggernaut in the making with some of the top kids from Ohio that they've already landed and a good year from Ohio, it looks like, next year. Uh, you have to think next year's class is going to be every bit as good as this year's. And you're really starting to see, I think, the last couple of years, a real differentiation nationally between the haves and the have-nots. And you want to know why that there's been a consistent difference between Ohio State and that school up north. And let's face it, Jim Harbaugh's career, only one of the games against OSU has been close. Think about it. There's that overtime game. What happened in the other games? Year one, blowout city, right? Then they had the, the overtime game. Um, but then after that, what happened? OSU went up to Michigan and won with a backup quarterback, and that game would have probably been a blowout if they had just started Dwayne Haskins. Then last year they scored 62. There's a reason. OSU has more talent. This isn't the NFL. You can't take kids for 60 hours a week and, you know, run them through all this film study. I remember laughing when Charlie Weiss talked about his decided schematic advantage 15 years ago. You don't have that in college. 80% of winning college football is recruiting. And the other 20% is going to be making sure the kids behave and that the culture in your program is good and that you're doing occasional creative things. That's the formula. You get better players than everyone else in college football. It's like having all the first-round draft picks. That's what Ohio State has right now. They have such an advantage over everybody but two or three schools in the country in terms of sheer talent. And that's, candidly, why you have to think Ryan Day is in position to have an extraordinarily successful start to his career and is set up to be one of the fastest hit-the-ground-running kind of coaches you've seen in major college football history if he keeps recruiting at this level. No question about it. I've been impressed with all things Ryan Day and, uh, you know, uh... Winning football games will be paramount, but I think he'll do uh, well in that category. Um, switching gears from recruiting, uh, it's the first time we've talked since uh, Big Ten Media Days wrapped up. Um, so much good stuff coming out of Chicago. Um, you know, I, w- I was there covering it all. You know, the only, I mean, really the only thing that bad that went on the trip was the Reds lost uh, to the Cubs in the game I went to at Wrigley. But, uh, hey, you know, the Cubs are on fire right now. Reds are doing okay. They're hanging in there. But always so much gleaned at media days. And uh, here's my little joke. It wasn't quite as eventful as last year's uh, media days for uh, from Ohio State's perspective. But, Bax, when you look at all the stuff that came out, you know, Ryan Day naming uh, certain guys that were starters, no surprise that the guys he names like Thayer Mumford and J.K. Dow, everybody who, who you knew was going to start, him not naming Justin Fields the starting quarterback yet, things he said about middle linebacker, things he said about the O-line, just, um, you know, Unpack a little bit of that for me. What stood out to you the most uh, on both sides of the ball when you listened to what Ryan Day and the players said at media days? Yeah, I don't know if I really want to put too much salt into what's been said at a you know sanitized event like that. Like it's good to get the time to speak with Ryan Day like that, and I'm not saying that he wasn't you know being truthful, but I think he was also holding back a little bit. You know, like, just like we said with Justin Fields, if Justin Fields doesn't start this year, something very strange happened, right? Um, I, I think. The middle linebacker one is the one I really want to see because we've heard conflicting things on this. So, you know, the boarding house report saying, well, Tough Borland's clearly ahead of Taraja Mitchell. And then you got Ryan Day saying, well, Taraja Mitchell's clearly pushing Tough Borland, right? And I, I said this in the bucket last week. I badly, and we've said this on this, this, this show too, numerous times, you and I, badly want Taraja Mitchell to win the job. Not that it should be handed to him, but that he clearly goes out and defines himself as better than Browning and Borland because then it's a clear step away from what we saw last year and a clear step forward in terms of athleticism. And I think you're not going to have a more clear delineation between last year's defense and this year's defense than something like that happening. So, you know, I think that's the one that had me the most intrigued because if, if there's, you know, a higher quotient of truth to that one than the, you know, just kind of politically correct answers that Day was giving out, then that's a 
darn good thing for an OSU defense. I think all of us expect to be vastly improved. If Trajan Mitchell is suddenly able to start and jump over a couple older players for that role, it shows you, A, merit is really a thing with the, the Ryan Day era, which, let's face it, we've had this discussion in the past about certain players that Urban played on seniority basis, and I don't want to get into that because in the comments will be 70 people arguing about that again. But let's face it, we want the best players on the field. So if you have something like that happen in Ryan Day's first year where Taraji Mitchell ends up taking the starting role over Tuff Boylan and Baron Browning, it tells you that it's 100% merit-based, and it also tells you you can expect a vastly different defense. So for me, that was the biggest thing out of Ryan Day's mouth out of Big Ten media days. So there were certainly a lot more interesting things said by the other coaches this year. I think it was nice to have Ohio State sort of chilling in the background like, yeah, you guys keep picking Michigan. We're just going to sit here and let them be stupid. Thank you. <laughs> well said. I love Ohio State coming in with the quote-unquote underdog role. We'll see if they're still underdogs when they uh, actually head up to Ann Arbor the last Saturday of November. Worked out pretty well last year when Ohio State was four-and-a-half-point underdogs, and they blew the doors off Michigan. They're just – and maybe Ryan Day will not be like Urban Meyer, but <laughs> you make Urban Meyer an underdog, look the hell out. We heard, we learned that the hard way as Ohio State fans, Well, you know, that 2006 national championship game against a very, very young Urban Meyer. You make Urban Meyer an underdog, look out, but I love – that's one thing that I really took away back. So these guys have a chip on their shoulder. The defense has a chip on their shoulder because of what happened last year. Um, but the entire team, you know, even in a quiet way, Ryan Day, you can tell, they have a chip on their shoulder. You know, they don't like being told that, uh, you know, Ohio State is not the favorite. They're, and I love that. I love this uh, quote-unquote underdog role that they have. Yeah, and if Ryan Day learned anything from Urban Meyer, it would hopefully be that – taking Urban Meyer's ability to be a master of psychology and motivate his players. Because I would argue Urban Meyer's teams were, quote, consistently up most of the time. Like, you never saw them really sleepwalk as much as we would have uh, under other coaches in the past. And if I'm Ryan Day, I'm collecting every single bit of information, Michigan minus six in these games. You know, the media picks Michigan to win the Big Ten. Uh, you know, the one that I saw one was ESPN's idiotic computers. I mean, I thought them putting Guy Scott as the, the 33rd rated receiver in the country was the stupidest thing ESPN would do this year, but I was wrong. Uh, they they had like a computer estimate of who's supposed to win the Big Ten this year, and the 48% was the result that Michigan would win the Big Ten, and Ohio State was 8%. You think Michigan's six times more likely to win the Big Ten than Ohio State? What the hell kind of shitty algorithm are you using? Like, that is one of the most mind-bogglingly stupid things I've ever read. That's like something you would expect for the Michigan writers to go with you to that Reds-Cubs game, drink about 30 old styles, and then, like, you know, write some stuff on a calculator and pretend it came out saying Michigan 48% chance to win the Big Ten. You're telling me Michigan is a, almost as good a chance to win the Big Ten as the entire rest of the league combined? That's hilarious, especially with their schedule. So hopefully Ryan Day will take a real good look at this and say, yeah, so, hey, remember that one time so-and-so said this, 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 this? I'm Ryan Day. I have an entire wall of Michigan to win the Big Ten. Michigan says this. Michigan says that. And just be like, we're not saying a word in public about it, but we're pissed. You know what, you know what the one number that really matters is? Michigan's lost seven in a row to Ohio State. That hasn't changed anything this year, by the way. So I think that's, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of things going on behind the scenes this year to get this Ohio State team motivated. I'll guarantee you that. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I um, also love having the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale, on the show. Thank you very much, Bax, and thanks to all the listeners for tuning in. appreciate that as well. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a five-star review. 
if you happen to like the show. Uh, it really does help. So if you're listening on iTunes, uh, give us a five-star review. It actually helps quite a bit, and we appreciate it. Thanks again to Bax. Thanks to all the listeners. Let's hear that Buckeye swag about the abandoned land. Five, 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 five.